Hey everyone, it's Posty Posterson, and I'm back with another Super Deluxe Special Edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. These Super Deluxe Special Editions are a little different than the regular show. Um, usually I'm helping Scooter to edit the show, but once in a while I'll take an episode that we've recently aired. I'll sp- spruce, spruce it up, spruce it up with some audio, some background sounds, some music, and we'll release that as a Super Deluxe Special Edition. This is a fun bonus way that Goots and I say thanks to everyone who supports the podcast. So thank you if you're hearing this, and let's hop into another Super Deluxe. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, this week's Super Deluxe uh, is back to basics. I've made some nice sleepy music that sounds like this. That music bed will play throughout a full episode. And hopefully it can help you get some well-deserved well sleep. Thanks again for supporting the podcast, and with any luck, good night.
right, everybody. This is one of these famous tales that's never been told before. But I thought I should look up uh, some facts just to, um, like, uh, uh, this is like this tale called the, the World's Loudest Stenographer. And uh, I just wanted to uh, look up, uh, make sure I had some of my facts straight, even though I already know the story is uh, like a, a stenographer. Uh, and, you know, just make sure that uh, you, you all knew that. Uh, so this is from, uh, oh, maybe I should just look it up on Wikipedia. So Wikipedia comes under stenotype, S-T-E-N-O-T-Y-P-E. A stenotype, a steno machine or stenotype machine, shorthand machine, stenograph or steno writer. It's a specialized corded type keyboard or typewriter used by stenographers for shorthand use. In order to pass a U.S. registered professional reporter test, a trained uh, person must uh, write with speeds of approximately 180, 200, and 225 words per minute at very high accuracy. Some stenographers can reach words of 300 per minute, and uh, the website is official record for American English at 375 words a minute. now, just this is the keyboards, uh, steno, steno, stenotype or stenotype. You say steno, I say sten, stenopad. Stenopad, uh, no, it's a stenopad. Uh, it's, it has far fewer keys than a conventional alphanumeric com- keyboard. Multiple keys are pressed simultaneously known as cording or stroking. This is stuff I didn't actually notice. Spell out whole syllables, words, and phrases with a single hand motion. And this makes real-time transcription practical uh, for certain situations because the keyboard does not contain all the letters of the English alphabet, letter, letter combinations are substituted for the missing letters. And there are several uh, schools of thought on how to record various sounds, such as Stened, Phoenix, and Magnum Steno theories. First shorthand machine, Stenotype wasn't used for 80 years or more, was uh, a punched paper strip built uh, in uh, 1830. The first machine was 1863, but actual use was 1880 in Italy. In the U.S., uh, 1875, there was a patent filed, and then in 1879, the shorthand machine. And 1909 in France, and the the most uh, related to today's stenotype or stenotype was... uh, Created by Wardstone, Ireland in 1913. And stenotype was applied to the machine. And uh, modern hardware, the mo- there's modern keyboards that have more in common with computers than they do with typewriters or QWERTY computer keyboards. And most contain microprocessors that allow sensitivity adjustments. So this isn't so so important because this was this is an older tale. Uh, 
just uh, there's uh, many steno enthusiasts are making and selling keyboards designed for use with Plover, an open source steno software. And there's a few different ones like those. There's also maps of the keyboard layout and describing home position. Steno paper has become almost obsolete with the advancement in paperless stenotype machines. When it's used, though, steno paper comes out of a stenotype machine at the rate of one row per cord, with the pressed letters printed out in 22 columns corresponding to 22 keys. Don't know if I understand that. Uh, and there's even a chord chart for consonants and vowels, uh, final consonants, punctuation. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Cover a little bit of shorthand really quick. Shorthand is abbreviated, uh, abbreviated symbolic writing method. That's what I, I always the uh, idea of a stenopad. Uh, when I would see them around my house, I don't know... Um, I guess my dad maybe took notes in them sometimes. Uh, they were not in uh, written in shorthand, though. It increases speed and brevity of writing compared to longhand. It's a more common method of writing a language. A longhand is a process of writing shorthand. is called stenography from the Greek stenos, narrow, and graphene to write. Uh, Narrow writing, not shorthand. Uh, give me a little narrow write, eh? It's also been called brachiography uh, and tachigraphy from Greek. Uh, short or swift. So fast writing, that's what I do. Actually, I don't write fast, even when I'm trying to, you know, I don't. And there's a variety of 19th century systems. Uh, many forms of shorthand exist according to Wikipedia. It provides symbols or abbreviations for words and common phrases, which can allow someone well trained in the system to write quickly as people speak. Abbreviation methods are alphabet based and use different. So, anyway, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't misusing stenographer. In uh, this case, uh, like, uh, of course, uh, the the world's loudest stenographer. And this was a famous case. uh, It didn't, you know, again, these are tales rarely told. And this was actually uh, the, um, like, one of the times uh, I, like, I actually helped it. Like, I don't want to brag because, you know, this stuff, I'm not even supposed to make it public information. But there was, like, there's times, uh, mostly it's involved uh, the trick-or-treat season and Lady Witchbeard. But if you're new, like, I do have other jobs other than making a sleep podcast, uh, though I'd call this a pastime at this point. And there's this one bed and breakfast. Now, I've pitched this actually to other hotels and other companies, but normally, like, I'm laughing. They undervalue things so greatly, which is weird because they pay for, like, video production and and video editing and stuff. Uh, But, um, 
like when you tell them, hey, this is what I would consider reasonable compensation, they say, well, we were thinking like uh, you just get a free hotel room for one night. And they'd say, well, it takes me like uh, two, yeah, so, uh, no thank you, maybe uh, no thank you. Or they say, well, how about two nights, maybe three? And I say, okay, that, like, uh, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, so, um, I mean, I say, I appreciate it, appreciate it very much. Uh, but so, but th- this is actually uh, different because this is a bed and breakfast. Now, still in the history of the <laughs> podcast, uh, haven't had really very many uh, situ- bed and breakfast situations other than this one. Um, trying to think if I've uh, stayed at a bed and breakfast for a wedding uh, or two weddings, maybe. So, okay. But so, th- so there's a bed and breakfast, uh, and it's run by a couple, and they you, used to hire me in the early days of the podcast because I was like, well, you know, I was, I was supporting the podcast with my, you know, my day job and then this hobby, mostly my day job, uh, and um, like so, but this bed and breakfast they said hey why don't you come out here we have a very unique clientele and normally it's different than a normal bed and breakfast that's usually couples they said most of uh, our clientele are individual like individual beings and they're actually coming for bed and breakfast like a little R&R usually multiple nights and you know our clients are confidential though I've broke like a but yeah, like I've gotten permission when I've you know said, well, this person was famous, you know, for the monster, you know, Monster Mash or whatever, for that song similar to the like uh, you know like Lady Witchbeard for one. I mean, well, actually, you, her real name's Connie, a uh, witch named Connie. That was the first episode Lady Witchbeard was in. Okay, but I'm way off track as usual. So where was that Witchbeard, Lady Witchbeard? So, um, okay, so there's a bed and breakfast. That's where I was. And they would have me go tell bedtime stories in the vicinity of their clients that were having trouble sleeping. And it worked great. Uh, but I slowly found that I had a greater role there. And I would spend time with the clients. And in a, in a, just as a, like, as a listener and willing to walk with them... In an unofficial capacity as a, a helper, but not a, um, I don't know, I guess similar to a friend would help someone. Not like uh, giving them advice or anything, but walking with them and, and keeping them company a lot of times. They would go, because um, the other thing about this bed and breakfast, and where the clients did not drive there most of the time. Behind this bed and breakfast, well, as usual, with most of them, there's like a breakfast, you know, outdoor breakfast area. And then there's some gardens. I'm not sure if you'd classify them as English or Scottish or French or I don't know. And then there's uh, some more water-based gardens. Then there's a duck pond and there's cottages back there, not on the duck pond, but, you know, in between these different features that you may or may not find in a lot of archetypal bed and breakfast. Of course, yeah, oh boy, the listeners, I'd be remiss if I didn't say yes, there were, are plenty of doilies and French doors. 
Couldn't, I don't think, I don't know if you get, I don't know what a leaded window is, uh, but, oh, glass doorknobs, that's another thing they have. Uh, and that's what I expect to find at a bed and breakfast, like uh, French doors at some point, not in my room, obviously, unless I had some sort of balcony situation. Uh, glass doorknob, not necessarily, you know, it, it, just to see a glass door, like an associated uh Guess that's not a requirement. French doors probably are, but I wouldn't even remember. I'd say, oh, were there French doors at that uh, bed and breakfast or not? What was the other thing? And stuff in the back, uh, gardens or something like that, breakfast in a bed. Oh, doilies. There's got to be doilies. Uh, tea cozy, maybe. I don't necessarily have to have a poster bed or a canopy bed, but having one, I would like say, you at least have one on site, right? Uh, Like in one of the rooms, uh, probably some bed with brass or iron. And uh, trying to think of other things. I mean, I could go, I know there's like a society of uh, inns, you know, because I've seen it and I've checked into places. I could do that. Like the Roy G. Biv Institute. Remember, that's another idea that's never gone anywhere, but I'd like it to. Uh, is uh, all my, you know, w- one day all holiday lights will be Roy G. Biv approved. Uh, and you see, does that mean they go in Roy G. Biv order? Not necessarily. It means you pay the fee to the Roy G. Biv Institute and we approve your lights if we approve them. You know, and the fee will help us uh, have the funds to possibly approve your lights uh, certified. RG, Roy G. Biv Institute certified. Also have to pay off. Apparently there's a Roy G. Biv estate. It was some kid and his family after they watched uh, 321 Contact at some point. Uh, typical. It was a kid's idea at least, but now the kid's are like a... I don't even know, like, uh, older than me, but, uh, they said, uh, can you, could, could, could we, uh, patent or whatever, copyright Roy G. Biv? And I say, great, uh, but um, at this point, you know, we've lived long enough that there's probably a Roy G. Biv walking around somewhere. Wouldn't be a Roy, because it would be, what about Biv G. Roy? Is there a Roy? Could, could that be in uh, like season five? Uh, it's me, Biv, uh, Bev, and Biv, the, tw- the, the Roy twins. Uh, they, they, they could. I mean, they could. Be, they could just be cousins or something. I'm Bev, Bev and Biv, uh, Biv and Bev, uh, the Roy twins. Uh, yeah, we're here to. Uh, maybe I could just invent them. It, like they could be like a new podcast. Uh, Oh, that's the Roy's are fictional. Oh no. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, oh, the bed and breakfast. So behind the dock pond is also like a little nature walk. But if you go out in this nature walk, uh, again, this is private property, so just don't show up there and try because you can't get there anyway. It's a very specific path. But this path connects to the transverse plane and talked about this but not in a while transverse plane this was something that i discovered way back whatever 2013 2014 before the glory days of multiverses you know before uh you know like uh 
that became one of the famous, like, like it became, before it really became glorified, the whole multiverse. And I mean, nowadays, uh, every, everybody says, uh, I think I have a general idea. Maybe I'll watch that graphic uh, again to get a better grasp of multiverse. Because uh, I'm still not sure I understand it, but... Uh, I pretend, you know, everybody pretends they understand what a multiverse is. Transverse plane is two different things. The transverse uh, is, uh, I guess it's di- different than the multiverse. It's where, uh, like, uh, the cross, like, like uh, it's, it's, it's a place where, I guess, multiverses intersect or cross over one another. Or that it's easy, you know, they're closely, if, if they're like some sort of, uh, it's where it's easy to access, uh, it's a, it's, it's, so that's the transverse, uh, which I guess is the same as a multiverse. I think it's just an easier way to, it, like, multiverse means everything, like, they're all over the place, but then when you start making them, like, oh, there, there's little tubes, the transverse, you'd say, oh, okay. So I could see that there's, a, like, a, they might not be overlapping, but they're within range of another. The pl- transverse plane, so if you go up behind the scene, there's a transverse plane, which is basically means area you're walking, and you can access the transverse plane. Now, the difference between, the mo- like, uh, the transverse plane is that... Uh, there's some other force at work because it's not like, okay, I want to go to whatever, PQV variant 44 and, you know, take a look at the uh, whatever, Beakverse or something like that. This one, it takes you where you need to go. So, and only if you're, like, as far as I know, I don't like to brag, but only if you're accompanied by me. So I would take the people, the guests of the hotel... And then I would go out for a walk with them, and we would discover via the transverse plane what we need to bring them on their journey. But I guess it wasn't independent of me because the guests would also arrive from the transverse plane. And probably they'd be out, somebody would be like, well, you just got, there's probably somewhere else. Uh, huh, I don't even know. Maybe it's just a country lane that they drive down, and then there's a parking area, and then they come in. But the only reason that's important is that, uh, like, uh, th- that uh, this was when I was at, uh, this was not that long ago. I was working at the bed and breakfast. I said, I got to keep my, you know, I got to keep my in person, you know, one day people value uh, in person bedtime stories. Uh, at a, you know, the, the realize, okay, you, yeah, you've been making a thousand episodes. No wonder it costs uh, money. Yeah. Uh, but so, uh, you know, to do it in person or at a hotel. But so I was like, I got to keep my game on. And it's different, you know, doing it's not that different doing it in person. I just got to, you know, maintain respectfulness. But these are non-human people normally or non, uh, what are we called? The mammals? Uh, human, human, I forgot. I, I don't know what species we are. Humongous or something? A homo sapiens. And so I was out there and they got, we, they said, we got two guests, uh, and they can't get along. They're, like, uh, they're from the, like, uh, they're about to go to some big, uh, presentation 
in the official, like official capacity, and they're both really, neither one of them can sleep good. So we need you to help them fall asleep. And I can't talk about that because that's covered by my, you know, understanding of like, uh, but I can tell you all the other details about them, but, you know, other than our professional part. And, you know, also like the parts where I'm, you know, trying to be uh, sneakily heroic. And again, this is stuff normal we don't normally hear about, except in myths, and it seems a little bit different. So hearing about it in modern days is probably going to be a bit confusing. But the two guests, uh, one was what you would say is the keeper of the sun, uh, and the other was the keeper of the moon, or the sun keeper and the moon keeper. But really, like, that's just like a simple title, like, uh, that one kind of keeps the spirit of the sun and the spirit of the moon. And they also represent the sun or the moon. And, you know, they have different powers or whatever. But apparently, you know, other than Pluto, you know, most of the people, most of the solar system is drama-free. You know, you don't have things saying... Your planet, you're not a, you know, none of the other planets have to deal with this, except for maybe Neptune or whoever's last, uh, and Uranus being the butt of a bunch of jokes. There's not a lot going on, you know, like, uh, I mean, maybe songs, but that's cool. I'm Venus, you know, I'm your fire, what's your desire? Or others, you know, Saturn, you know, uh, Saturn's rings, so boy, are they great. Or, you know, whatever songs, Jupiter. When Jupiter comes out, no, when uh, something comes out and Mercury comes out at night, come on. So, uh, what was I saying? So, you'd think there's not a lot of drama going on in the solar system except for the natural drama, you know, what we would call interpersonal drama. But just because we're humans uh, doesn't mean that a tendency, like, that, that all the tendency, human tendencies, like, maybe a lot of this is about being sentient uh, and conscience, whatever a consciousness, having consciousness, versus uh, being a human. Some of this stuff, I, I would assume, because neither one of these people were human, but I'll refer to them as people because uh, that's kind of how we interacted. And they, you know, they, they, you know, would remind me, and I've been around enough to know I know very little. They say, okay, well, you just, yeah, you, what do you mean you represent the sun? Is Who's going to be next? Representative from the Lollipop Guild? And they said, I'm sorry, what? And they said, like, they said, you don't, you, like, it's not an, I, I can take it without offense. They say, well, it's just beyond your understanding. And separately, and this is public knowledge out there in the um, world beyond our world, in the transverse plane. Wait a second, this might not even have been our sun and the moon. That makes a little more sense to me. Just realize that. Uh, but close enough, because it was on the other side of the transverse plane. And, huh. Interesting. They came here. Could have been, though. But basically, this drama... You know, drama comes up at times. You know, Earth, uh, are we on the back of a turtle or not? Uh, you know, news at 11. Uh, what, you know, who's, who's, like, uh, who's the center of the universe? But this was more of like... Uh, 
It was a real uh, decision case they were going to make, kind of between the moon and the sun, of, uh, like, vying for dominance uh, in the hearts and minds of people for once and for all. Because I guess at least where this was, uh, the two of them were going back and forth. And I'm not just talking about across the sky. Uh, you know, they have, you know, there's gravitational stuff going on. And, you know, they're doing campaigning, trying to win hearts and minds. And I guess people found it exhausting because they said, like, I, I, I'd like to enjoy both. Or, or you know, why, please don't send me, dear son, don't send me any mailers, Okay. And just because you didn't mail it doesn't make it a mail. Just because you hung it on my doorknob, uh, soul. Do you have soul for soul, you know, whatever it was? Uh, don't do it, okay? And that was pretty much uh, the common feeling. So what they decided was they were just going to have a big case. And that a group of their peers would decide, along with, uh, um, you know, some sort of person with sound judgment which one was the best because that was basically what they're going well i'm the best you know like well i'm you know everybody needs me for warmth Uh, okay but that makes me the best because not people want like desire me they don't need the moon they just love the moon in the sense of well you know in this like uh so it's just kind of you know stuff like that And, and people did try to help them work it out uh and uh, to, to, to figure out, like, okay. And so, so these two were the representatives uh, of the sun and the moon. And they were, they, were so, they were so exhausted they couldn't sleep, either one of them. Uh, except, you know, with a little bit of Scoots' magic. Uh, and I really listened to both of them. They seemed like they were going through the same thing. They had great uh, affinity for, for, for whoever they represented and a belief, uh, but not necessarily belief that the sun was the best or the moon was the best. Uh, they also both were very concerned with, like, what would happen to them, you know, their, 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 their uh, planet, the sun's different, than, you know. To their client, uh, to their supervisor, uh, what would happen if they, you know, the other one won? And that created some, you know, stress too. And I don't want to make broad statements about uh, celestial beings. There you go. But uh, obviously, you know, they uh, they have a, like a like a heightened version of what you consider a view of themselves. And they're not always the best listeners, even the moon, not us, and, you know, or the sun. Uh, you'd say, wow, I mean, uh, uh, like, uh, I don't know who I've told more secrets to, uh, but uh, probably the moon. Okay, the moon won that one. But that wasn't part of the story anyway. But I said, well, what if, um, like, uh, who's in charge of this whole thing anyway? And they said, oh, you know, Celestial Council on, uh, you know, good planetary policy. And uh, a couple other groups uh, and the official uh, 
and I said, could you, and I said this both to both of them separate, I said, could you do a, like a request for a change of venue? And they said, uh, why? And I said, well, I said, maybe some fresh perspective. I guess I said, because this sounds like the system is perpetuating this rivalry. And, uh, you know, what's going to happen is that, you know, other planets that are visible at nighttime or daytime, whoever wins, they're going to think about it, too. And then they're going to want to have their chance. And this could just spread across the whole universe. So... And I'm sure there's a lot of benefit from it being high... I'm sure it's high profile out there. And I said, like, uh, we could settle it somewhat privately. And uh, they said, okay, uh, what's your plan? Uh, And I said, well, okay, you got to have, you know, impartial person and whatever, the the group of uh, peers. So keep those. But I said... uh, Let's find a spot. And then I had to trust the transverse plane. Now, a couple other things to know about the transverse plane is when you first start walking through it. So I walked with each one, uh, the moon's representative, the keep, moon keeper and the sun keeper. And we walked And Initially, when you go through there, a lot of times it's cotton candy. It, you go through a cotton candy realm and uh, that really helped lighten up the mood and, and talk about trust building because both of them, they said, this looks like, smells like cotton candy. It looks like cotton candy. And I said, it is. Uh, and then we had cotton candy fights and ate cotton candy, put it in each other's mouths, uh, made cotton candy, uh, you know, beards and hair, even pretended we were cotton candy barristers. Uh, and... Uh, Members of Parliament, uh, we had a lot of fun with cotton candy, and eventually we both ended up in a place that I said, "Well, this could be the place." Uh, like, because I said the transverse plane has wisdom, so it kind of picked this. Uh, like, uh, it was, which was strange. It was like uh, it was the uh, like uh, w- like back when uh, Burger Kings used to have. Um, uh, a sunroom that was like Bur- I don't know if that was just Burger King's answer to the playland if it was uh, so- sorry for laughing at you Burger King but uh, all of a sudden a while in the 80s uh, Burger King's like had basically like uh, you've seen it at people's houses where they say well this is our sunroom our whatever you call it, greenhouse room Burger King just put them on the front of Burger King's so you could, especially on the East Coast, so you could pretend you're sitting outside in the winter. Meanwhile, they allowed, there's like, we used to throw each other, uh, ashtrays at each other, me and my siblings. Uh, so, like, this was like a, like a, basically an old version of that. Like, uh, with the sun, I said, well, what about that sunroom? I said, and then the sun started laughing. He said, okay. I said, it's a, I said, it's an area to view the sky. They said there'll be a good backdrop, uh, and they said, okay. And they said, well, what will be the valuations, you know, because obviously the Council on Planetary Matters and for the good governance of uh, celestial beings or whatever, they have their own standards. They were going to, you know, basically have us do this. And I said, nah. And I said, don't worry, I'll take care of everything, uh, 
and we'll get this all figured out. Uh, and I said, the only one other thing you had to agree to is that if we can't reach a consensus decision between the person with sound judgment and the peers uh, within seven seven nights uh, of it getting dark outside, uh, I said, I hope the, the time changes uh, and I said, just 7.24. I said, I'll set a time equivalent to seven Earth days. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, there won't be any night or day without the moon or the sun. They'll be occupied. And they said, okay, we can we can get them to agree to that. Uh, so they headed off. Uh, and I did inform them. I know some of you are like, uh, what's the ethics of being an imaginary uh, interloper or whatever? And I said, yeah, no, I let them know. I said, you know, I'm working on this with uh, the keep Sunkeeper, too, and the Moonkeeper. Oh, okay, don't worry, we'll, we'll figure, you know, because they all had to agree anyway. And I knew at the time that the key to making all this work uh, was uh, someone named Sanders. And Sanders, was she was known as the world's loudest uh, uh, stenographer and uh, transcriptionist, uh, or whatever, live transcriptionist. And so I, I got a hold of uh, Sanders. I said, hey, I got something big coming up. Uh, I'd met them on the transverse plane, too. I'd met Sanders out on the transverse plane. So Sanders said, don't worry, I'll be there. Uh, count on it. Uh, and, of course, the like person was sound... I said, don't worry, uh, this is going to be... a." a a thing. Uh, so then, the first day we did calisthenics, uh, the d- day one, and uh, like uh, the the you know because they all had like they had teams of uh, obviously like uh, well you know people that went to school for stuff uh, to uh, experts in everything, and you know saying point of order. And I said, actually, I'm in charge of this. Uh, uh, and they said, where's the agenda? And I said, the agenda is calisthenics. Uh, we're all going to be stretching. We had someone to lead calisthenics. And uh, so we got to get loosened up uh, for the whole whole day. That's all we did was like do calisthenics, then have a break and a snack. Uh, do more calisthenics, had a break and a snack. Then the next day, I said, uh, we're going um, to go tree climbing uh, and then everybody said, we can't go tree climbing because the sun and the moon aren't out. I said, oh boy, okay, that's, uh, so we can't go tree climbing. Also, it could be awkward for the sun and the moon to tree climb. And, you know, they said, you're bringing your earthly assumptions here. And uh, the whole time, um, Sanders is like, uh, like when I say the world's lost transcriptions, most transcriptionists and uh, stenographers are very quiet. Uh, so Sanders is going, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Tree. No tree climbing. Stuff like that. Uh, then the third day, I said, okay, that's it. You know, everybody dismissed for the day, adjourned. Uh, and I said, I always wanted to say that. Then the third day, I said, okay, okay. Uh, you know, no teams. Uh, the uh, I, I wanted both the sun and the moon uh, 
to uh, separately, uh, under your voice, uh, talk about what it might be like if you were the opposite, if you were the sun or the moon. And they said, we're not opposites. And I said, interesting, so you're not opposites, eh? And they said, well, what do you mean under your breath at the same time? I said, okay, how about this? We'll separate you two. And each one of you will uh, come up with your own speech about why it's great to be the moon if you're the sun and why it's great to be the sun if you're the moon and what you might think about that. Uh, And you'll just do it here with uh, Sanders. Uh, And this is where Sanders' power really came in because neither one of them was prepared and they had kind of, and I'm not trying to, you know, judge the sun or the moon. But they kind of were relying on their teams. They're, of course, their teams said, we, and I said, there is no, uh, I said, I object to your objection. Uh, you're overruled. Uh, so have you listened to any episodes of Sleep With Me? There's always uh, going to be like, a, and they said, oh, yeah, we have. We're familiar with those get basos. So each, the sun and the moon, each had to sit there with Sanders and kind of come up with their idea. But the whole time Sanders was going, mm-hmm. And uh, they both got very flustered because they've both felt like I can't pay, I can't figure out what I'm going to say. Every time I try to say something, they said, "Can I get another stenographer?" I said, "I'm sorry, this is the only stenographer we have. Uh, this is Sanders." Uh, and uh, then, like that, dragged on for a day, but we got it done. Uh, it was just like a thought activity anyway, whatever we call it, thought experiment. And then the next day after that, I said, okay, go, go ahead. Like, you're going to give your own presentation of why you feel like you're the best today. And again, they had to do that every time. They said, well, you know, I'm the sun. I believe I'm the best because, you know, I'm a source of heat and light. And then Sanders would go, oh, heat and light, uh-huh. heat and light. So sometimes, and I don't think Sanders knew that's the beauty of it, that it's like, uh, by repeating it two or three times, uh, the sun did not heat and light. Because uh, the sun would make dramatic, a lot of dramatic pauses. And then, be, like, Sanders did it like four, heat and light, and then underlined it. Uh, yeah, the sun says, you know, I, I change with the seasons. Uh, I'm there. You know, there's other planets uh, that provide, you know, like you got... Uh, there's a lot of other unre- you know, unpopular stuff about me that I think is pretty good. You know, I got these solar flares. Uh, you know, I can hang up on people's calls if you know, if, if uh, like, and, and actually the moon laughed at that. And then the moon went and he said, uh, "Well, you know, yeah, I don't provide heat, but I provide light at night." Uh, and I provide a way for people to follow uh, some changes in time and uh, season as well. I'm associated with the highlights of seasons. And, uh, I, you know, I'm easier to look at, uh, which I think is important in this discussion. And, uh, and Sanders said, easy to look at. Uh, and the moon just stopped and kind of glared at uh, Sanders. Uh, and Sanders, Sanders actually said, proceed. Uh, yeah, and the moon stared. Uh, and it's easy to look at. Uh, and then uh, the moon kept staring. Easy to look at. 
the moon was like, are you auditioning, uh, auditioning for a role or something? Easy to look at. Uh, and then the whole court cracked up with that one. And I said, by the way, Sanders, this is just how Sanders works. Uh, she doesn't even, like, uh, she's, like, uh, just here to t- take uh, transcriptions of the thing. Like, don't worry about it. And uh, finally what happened was, uh, you know, this was the one thing, like, uh, they said, well, I, I, like, I can't, like, they both uh, said, can we just stop, please? Can we have a recess without Sanders here? I said, I'm afraid not. We have to have everything transcribed. Uh, I was like, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm thinking about extending this. We're supposed to be done in a few days, but I think we should extend this because you can't, ha- unless we have a record of all these proceedings, uh, how could we ever determine uh, something that's probably indeterminable anyway? And uh, he said, well, you know what? A great idea, the sun and moon. Like, uh, let's stay here. And, uh, you know, just the three of us. Uh, and then the, um, uh, it's, it's the person with the judgment and the, and the peers and representatives, they can all go home. No reason, if we have a record of all this, uh, everyone else could just review the record and go over things, you know, go over it themselves uh, later on instead of having to sit here with the three of us and to work out, uh, you know, a way we're going to determine how we're going to determine something that's probably indeterminable. And then Sanders said, indeterminable, uh, indeterminable. Because I, I paused, you know, I'm not pausing now because I'm talking to you, my dear listener, and not to the sun and the moon and, and the gathered representatives. Uh, and everyone else was like, that sounds great. Uh, actually, yeah, we'd have a transcription. We're going to have a transcription of everything. And then the, the old boy, like they said, well, how do we know that uh, Sanders, and then the, the, the person with the sound judgment said, Sanders is one of the most recommended uh, stenographers. Uh, and any, any, any layer of the transverse, uh, so don't worry about it. Uh, also, it's being recorded. Uh, and, uh, and, and then the sun and the moon started looking, and they made eye, like, not eye contact, because, you know, they don't have eyes, but uh, they started to kind of say, like, uh, how, did the, 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 how did all this get started? And, and I said, uh, great question. Uh, how did all this get started? Anyway? And then Sanders said, how did all this get started anyway? And uh, and both the sun and moon said, I don't even remember. I mean, I think it was something about, uh, you know, it was some, you know, bad feelings on an equinox or, uh, or something. And I said, well, I, yeah, I said, we got to this place where it's like one of you has to be the best. Uh, and I guess we got to stay here till it's resolved. Uh, like... Uh, Either one of you is the best, or we we determined that it's indeterminable. And Sanders said, indeterminable, again. And then the sun and the moon looked at each other, and they said, indeterminable. And then Sanders said, indeterminable. And the sun and the moon said, indeterminable. No, that's what I said. I said, indeterminable. 
And uh, then the son was said, unable to determine. And Sanders said, indeterminable, unable to determine. And they said, yeah, it's not, to, you're, you're like, uh, they said, uh, that that's, it's indeterminable. And I said, are you saying that we're not going to ever be able to determine which one to use better? Uh, and they, they said, correct, uh, correct. Uh, and so I said, you have uh, come to the understanding that you're going to withdraw from this competition of who's better, the sun or the moon, and just uh, and be like, yes, yeah, sometimes you might have a different preference, but that's not something to be decided here in a way. And they said, indeterminable. Indeterminable, indeterminable, and then Sanders said that, and then that's how it got dis- d- d- determined that it was indeterminable. Maybe I don't know if it's even the right word. Uh, and yet, and that's how why we still have a sun and a moon, luckily, because holy mackerel! I mean, think about the ramifications we avoided. And it wasn't me. I mean, I know you know I'm gonna probably get thousands of letters about how. Now, once again, but occasionally I do something right by random process uh, or processes and or I get lucky. But in this case, all the credit should go to Sanders. Sanders, she knew what she was doing. Uh, she was transcribing. She's the loudest transcriptionist in the world and just had to be herself. And it all worked out. Uh, so whether you're sleeping under the sun or the moon, uh, They're both pretty darn great. Uh, Good night, everybody.